Welcome to Kitchen Table Conversations, a series of short and shareable conversation starters for those of us who have or love and support people with a complicated and beautiful brain. Here's your host, Angela Geddes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Kitchen Table Conversations. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm just so grateful for this opportunity and grateful that some people are really appreciating these podcasts and the messages within, and I'm happy to hear that people are bringing them home to their kitchen table. So that just is thrilling to me because um, it's just all about awareness, having some opportunity to dispel some myths and to be curious and to learn more and to, um, to share this knowledge with the people that we love and support. So here I am um, to talk today a little bit more about stigma and uh, how it impacts people who are experiencing mental health conditions of all kinds, and then how we have to multiply that by a gazillion when we add alcohol or other substances to the mix. And in particular, when we consider prenatal and other substance exposures during pregnancy and how that can interfere with um, healthy development. So I will always remain very passionate uh, about that and that discussion and encourage everyone to have it at home because we have an opportunity with the right information and the right supports and services to prevent Uh, Things like fetal alcohol spectrum disorder and other developmental neural complex neurodevelopmental disabilities or disorders that are related to prenatal exposures and developmental trauma. So I think that's, you know, that's something that I'm going to continue to have conversations about probably until the day I die. Um, And, and that's okay, because we have a lot of work to do and we do understand that our current prevention methods as good as they are are falling short um, because the incidences of prenatal alcohol exposure are actually on the rise and I know many people will find that very surprising but it's true and it's not because people are deliberately um, you know drinking during pregnancy with the intent to harm that never happens. Um, but instead, we live in a culture where there are mixed messages, there's misinformation being shared regularly. And we often don't consider those early weeks prior to the pregnancy being confirmed and the fact that so many pregnancies are unplanned. So that there, I've said it once again, it needs to be said and it needs to be shared. But I'm also here to say that in our efforts to build more inclusive service delivery systems and to make sure that people feel safe and feel um, okay to be able to discuss their alcohol use during pregnancies, there are times when that's going to be really, really, really difficult. And I think that, you know, again, there's no room for blame and shame. But if as a parent, you are you know, puzzled by the medical conditions and the complexities in terms of learning and developmental delays and puzzling behaviors and how things are just not making sense at home and you're doing everything in your power to access services and parenting education and supports and pediatrician appointments, psychologists and testing and multiple diagnoses and things are still really, really difficult and then you find out that your alcohol intake may have 
resulted in all of these complexities and these difficulties, I think for some that would be very, very hard. Um, I think for everyone that would be very hard. Um, but some are not in a place where that information is something that they're willing to um to even fathom the idea. So we also have parents who have mental health concerns and are really at their wits end as a result of some of these puzzling family dynamics and parenting challenges. So to add that extra to the mix seems to be counterproductive, I guess, and in some cases can do more harm than good. So I'm here to say, why does it matter what causes the problem? I think the most important thing is to acknowledge that there is a problem and that it's complex and it's likely related to uh, a number of things, including developmental trauma, um, but that it's real and that this is not willful behavior and this is not a result of poor parenting or poor decision making. This is a brain-based condition that needs to be supported as such. And so in my training and uh, in my conversations with a lot of folks, I often say like, I really don't care if it's tomato soup, sour milk, or vodka that causes the problem. The fact remains, we need to identify that there is a problem and again, customize our supports so that we can be most helpful and relevant. And we do that by ensuring things like speech is assessed speech and lang- by a speech and language pathologist. We do that by checking out sensory profiles. And we take a look for hard neurological signs like things like balance, or maybe the individual doesn't taste things the way they should, or the sense of smell is, is not there. So, you know, there's a whole kinds of ways that we can assess individuals and really take a good look at the psychological and learning profile. So we can look at how does this individual remember things? How is their ability to plan and organize their thoughts and their activities? How do they manage their emotions? Are there deficits in that area? Are there deficits in the area of affect regulation? And, you know, are there sudden mood changes? Is there trouble with concentration and being able to pay attention? Those things can be assessed. And how is it that uh, school, how's the academic achievement? Do they do well? How do they do with social uh, interactions? Um, You know, all those things can be assessed thoroughly. And we don't always need to know whether there was prenatal alcohol exposure part of the picture or not. Um, We can still support people with complexities and puzzling behavior with thorough assessments. And sometimes my clinical judgment says that's in the best interest of everyone. Um, I do have individuals that come into my practice that are very upset with their biological families. Now, rest assured, we do a lot of work on that to minimize that and to normalize, as I said, alcohol in within our culture and to make sure that individuals understand and really believe that their parents didn't do this on purpose. But the bottom line is, how would there not be a little bit of anger or resentment when there's day-to-day challenges that in their mind could have been avoided had the pregnancy been, been healthier? 
So that's my conversation today. And I think we need to bring it back to our kitchen tables. I mean, I guess the thing is, you know, we have to recognize Houston, there is a problem. So let's get our, you know, ducks in a row and make sure that we connect with our existing system to look for diagnostic clarity. But do we always have to know why? What we do have to know is that this isn't a result of willful and bad behavior and poor parenting. Check out my website for um, another opportunity for parenting education and support in online group format, which I think will be really, really helpful because I'm getting a lot of referrals for parents who are at their wits end. So we're going to be discussing acceptance commitment training and therapy um, and how it relates to you know the day-to-day stressors and distress when we're talking about parenting kids with very complex needs Um, and we'll also be talking about some parenting tips and strategies and how best to address some of the complexities so check out my website for more details and feel free to share this information and sign up if you'd like if you'd like to Um, again with many thanks Angela (music) 